The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. Keith, this feels like the old days to me. <laughs> it feels like the old days. It's definitely a little odd, that's for sure. Yeah, so everyone out there listening, Keith was not able to get into the studio tonight. And so we had are a little, doing had a little family, uh, family scheduling issue. Yeah, so we're doing a remote, we're on the phone, I'm sure the audio is not what you guys are used to, so just bear with us, it's only one week, and then we'll be back to the normal routine, but um, yeah, so anyway, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well, you know, uh, running around like a crazy man with, uh, you know, two kids in four different sports on alternating days at different fields, and <laughs> yeah. down to down to one one parent today and uh so yeah a little little crazy yep i get you man it's it is a crazy world for sure as we will uh soon talk about in this episode <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think i've ever called into the show via phone so that's like a the new first. a new thing yeah for sure that's a little sure. weird yeah, so let's get this thing going. Uh, before we do, I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And uh, if you're a regular listener on the show, then you obviously know that we've been working with our friends over at Target Sports USA for quite some time. And lately, Keith and I have been shooting their New Republic ammunition, which we've talked about before, but it was engineered specifically by Target Sports to be both reliable and accurate. And I actually was out at the range the other day, and I would say it does both quite well. It definitely shoots, as they say, and they currently are offering New Republican six calibers and all at great, great price points. So if you want to get an even better deal than that price point, you got to do the thing. You know what it is. Go and sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at TargetSportsUSA.com. And if you're looking to support our show, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Discord is the other option. That's where Big Keith is at. So if you want to hang out with Big Keith on social media, that's where you got to go. Anything been going on on Discord, Keith, lately? It's been a little slow, right? Uh, no. Well, we had a couple, a uh, couple good conversations about uh, anniversary gifts, or at least the anniversary gift you gave me, and one for yourself. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so we had a little, a little bit of talk about that. And oh, the, uh, me- the, the meme wars started up for a little while. <laughs> yep, meme wars came back, which there were a couple really good ones on there. <laughs> but uh, and we got a couple new members recently too. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, definitely, uh, it's growing. So anyway, I want to get into the show, but before we do, I do want to talk about one other sponsor. A major tenant of the Second Amendment community is definitely self-reliant. You and I, we don't want to leave our fates in other people's hands. We, you and I talk about that off-air all the time, and we definitely don't want to leave it in the hands of the government. So we know we need to be prepared, and that goes for everything from our family security, that's the whole firearms part, all the way up to their nutritional value and needs and the things they need to provide their bodies with the sustenance that they need. But we realized during COVID that long-term food storage was an important part of our family's preparations. And that's why we partnered up with 4Patriots.com to help supplement those long-term food preps that you and I were working towards. They make delicious food. And some of the highlights here is it's got a 25-year shelf life, American-made, they give back to their community and country, which actually I thought was a really important part of, you know, when we started working with them, I thought that was a really cool thing. And the pricing is really, really good. I mean, you did the math on it. I trust your math and it's, you know, dollars, dollars a meal. It's very, very inexpensive. I was going to say we have to 
uh, really unveil that math one of these days. Yeah. I, did you save the scrap piece of envelope that I wrote it on? I definitely have it somewhere. It's probably stuck. It's probably stuck <laughs> with the, the oatmeal that we're supposed to go and eat together. But anyway, guys, the pricing is already good, but it gets even better. They've offered our listeners 10% off with the code GUNEXPERIMENT10. So go check them out at fourpatriots.com and get yourself prepared for the future. Anyway, I want to get into this thing. And tonight's guest co-host was on the show a couple months back. We had a great time with him. So now he's back to chop it up with us. Please welcome Michael Parks from Agency Arms. Michael, how you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no Thanks no for problem. coming back. Yeah, you can. It was awesome. We had a really good time last time, and I'm, I'm glad you're willing to come back. Oh, heck yeah. It was a good time. So before we kind of get into the whole show and talk about current events and what's going on in the gun community, is there anything going on with agency that you want to talk about? Anything you can talk about? Any new projects? Anything cool coming up? Anything you're not uh, supposed to talk about? <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so something I can't talk about because you've already been showing it is um, our collaboration series with Ronin Tactics, Tulan. Uh, is finally ramping up into the 320s. So those will be getting uh, to the point of being available here real soon. And we're working a special program with a few select dealers uh, to offer some special versions of Ronin stuff. So that's going to be really cool. And then, and again, special stuff that for the most part has been seen. I don't know if people put the two together, but they've been seen. And then our Sage 320 is uh, going to be available finally for guys to start sending guns into really, really soon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like, I like the, um, the stuff you're doing with two lamb like that, that style is really cool. What do, what do you call that? Like, I, I, it kind of looks like, like dragon scales, but I don't know what you call that. Is yeah, that... I mean, that's exactly what we call them is dragon scales. Okay. Um, they're his dragon iterations. Yep. And <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what he wanted to look like. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool looking. Well, it definitely, it definitely looks like scales. Yeah. Everything you guys make is so cool, but for some reason, that one is like, it might be one of my favorites. I, I really, I really dig on that a lot. Yeah, we get a lot of feedback and uh, positive feedback on it. The only thing that people complain about is they can't get it past the map. And we're working on that. But, yeah. um, you know, the move just put us so far behind on personnel that this takes some time to get real, uh, built back up. We're back up to 22 people, though, from 32 before the move down to 11 <laughs> post move. Right. So we're getting back up there. Okay, cool. Very cool. Anyway, I want to get into our first article, which speaking of gun rights, this article is about John ja Morant. And I don't know if you guys have followed this story at all, but John ja Morant is a basketball player for the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, he's just been in a whole lot of trouble. He's so their he, franchise player. Yeah. Like, right. And so I haven't watched basketball in years, to be quite honest. But yeah, from what I understand, he's really good. Right. And yeah, he's the face of the Grizzlies. Yeah. Unfortunately for them right now. And so he, is it, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Like, I mean, this is really bad press, you know? I mean, so first he was, he was it's bad press, but well, he was, we're going to get into it here, yeah, I guess. But he, he was caught waving a gun around one time. And then he, he, this article is about basically he just recently was like rapping in a car. He was in the passenger seat and then he like holds up a gun. He shows a gun and and he's laughing. He's laughing. And I mean, he's been in a whole lot of trouble. Having a good time. He's been in a whole lot of trouble, right? So he, there's reports that he was playing a pickup game in his backyard with a, a very popular uh, high school prospect. And apparently like it got a little like heated and he like basically beat the kid. And then he supposedly 
went in the house saying he was going to go get a gun. I don't know any if that's true or that happened, but the, he definitely beat the kid up. Then he had his entourage getting like trying to get on the court to like you know go after players on the other team. He's just been in like a lot of trouble. But that's actually not what I really wanted to talk about. So this article is from thenation.com, but it's not the only article that I've read that had this similar uh, these similar undertones. So this article is basically trying to make the claim that our country has a gun problem. They're almost making him like a martyr. Like, oh, like, you know, yeah, he did something wrong, but why aren't we treating everybody with the same level of scrutiny that we're treating him? And I was like, are they trying to say like legal gun owners who are responsible and just use their guns and go on hunting trips that like, are you trying to make the same comparison as a guy who, you know, is beating people up and waving guns around on Instagram and it, it it's, yeah, a- they go, they go, they go right down in this article to say, and I'm quoting, why aren't GOP politicians who arm their kids for every Christmas card or, yep. or sport a R 15 lapel pins where flags used to go, you know, what, why aren't they being asked to lie on a, a psychiatrist couch, you know? And uh, <clears throat> this gun, they, they, it goes on to say this country's gun addiction is fostered not by young black men, but by far right that is drunk with uh, reaction, uh, reactionary fever, dreams, and vision of a race war. It's very offensive to me. I, <laughs> I, I have no visions of a race war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, well, that's where I'm going with this. Like, it, it was really, I agree. I was very offended by it because like, he talks about the Christmas card. And I'm like, I mean, first off, I don't know how often that happens. I, I mean, but I'm there. There is one one GOP politician I can think of that I saw a Christmas card of their family with it, all holding guns. Right, and and so like I don't think I mean there's magazines with people holding guns. There's all kinds of. I, I mean, we do we do a neighborhood we do a neighborhood twenty two before the twenty fifth for Christmas. Right. <laughs> I just don't, I don't think, I think there's a big stretch between that and waving a gun around and beating people up and threatening to get a gun. And I, this, there's more to this than just the gun part of this, I think. Well, yeah, they're, they're trying to make it that it's, uh, you know, again, I'm going to quote uh, uh, the Second Amendment. The roots of the Second Amendment lie in a romantic ode to white evangelism. Like it's. Yeah, there's definitely that. I mean, they're making this into a race thing where it doesn't need to be made into a race thing, I think. Michael, do you have anything on this? That's their only thing that they have to go on is everything becomes racism. That's the only go-to. Yeah. The other part that I found a little odd in this article was it goes on to talk about those, I don't know how much those follow some of the things that are going on in New York, like we live here, but the uh, Jordan Neely's uh, killer, um, who they're calling a killer, I don't recall his name, but it was a uh, active uh, Marine ended up uh, intervening with this Jordan Neely, who was a homeless man who had um, a record of mental illness and basically ended up, you know, restraining him and restrained, choked him to a point where he ended up um, dying. But there were multiple accounts on, on the subway car of that. They were a lot of people were fearful of their life that this Jordan Neely was threatening to, to, you know, kill people and threatening to do things. And, and this Marine stepped up and, and kind of took care of the situation. And now they're comparing that situation, which did not involve a firearm in any way, shape or form. You know, the only violence was this 
Jordan Neely threatening to kill other people. And I don't to kill other people with a firearm. I think he just threatened to kill people. And, you know, there's no firearm in the entire thing, but yet it's being referenced in this article in a way that's trying to, you know, dispel the need to right to bear arms or whatever. And I, I don't understand that part either. Well, there's another part here that says, Morant deserves the attention, but he doesn't deserve to be a symbol for this country's glamorization, fetishization, and even deification of the gun, not in a place where these weapons have more right to exist than school children. Like, what are, what are they saying? We're not making him a symbol of anything. No. He put it on social media and, and somebody had a comment about it. Yeah, there was actually another. No, a, a, nobody from the second. Nobody from the Second Amendment was like, "Hey, look at this." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I, I just, I don't think like it would be acceptable. So, like, there's a big difference between if John Morant went to the range and posted Instagram pictures of him shooting on the range and doing safe gun handling. He was driving around in a car waving a gun in the air. There's a, there's a big difference between the two, you know. And if anybody did that, if, if you're Local school teacher did it. If your local fireman was driving around waving a gun in the air, they would face the same exact suspensions and ramifications. I, I, I believe. Right. I mean, I mean, I, listen. Did you, I, uh, Michael? You own a you own a very, uh, very successful company. I'm sure you are not in favor of your employees driving around blasting music and waving guns in the air. I'm sure that would not go well for them. No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> and it's just. I find it so, it's just interesting that in a lot of these arguments against, you know, gun ownership or who can have guns, all this kind of stuff, we always seem to blame it on an object. And I know this is something that's been just talked to ad nausea, right? So it's the easiest thing to always equate down to simplicity for our side of the argument is it's not the, it's not the weapon, it's not the item, it's not the whatever that thing is, it's the people. Right. And they always say, well, then we have to control who gets stuff. And it's like, well, look, it's a right. It's not your vehicle that you can go get a driver's license to. That is a privilege. Literally, this is a right. It's a completely protected right under the Second Amendment. And it's a totally different thing. And then when they talk about, you know, the inanimate objects as being the problem, it's again, it's a people issue. And that is a systemic issue from society. Society has changed. And the way that, you know, and this goes into a really deep-rooted thing that I won't get into. <laughs> we can later if you'd like, but, you know, like what social media has done, the immediate access to information, all this me, me, me stuff, the handing out trophies. We just have made a society that has really just been weakened. And then they seem to lash out and do stupid things. So like some of these school shooters, they're just terrible people and most of them have mental health issues. Um, that's why we're not talking about the trans shooter at the schools because – there's a clear mental health issue because of the whole trans aspect of things and everything that was documented that's been coming out from the, you know, non-mainstream media is this is a people problem. It's we're fostering the wrong ideals as a nation and as a society that is generating a really piss poor type of person yeah. that comes from usually one side of the fence. Well, so let me start off by saying this. I am for the most part, as long as it's not affecting other people's well-being, I'm pretty much a live and let live kind of person, right? And I, that goes for things that maybe I don't fundamentally believe in or agree with, but as long as it's not really harming other people or our society, I'm okay with it. So yesterday, I was uh, in the Bronx. I went to a Yankee game with two friends, 
And before the game, we decided to go down to the strip of bars right outside the stadium and, and just grab a couple of beers before we went in. And it's pretty what, lax. What kind of bar? A stri- uh, just like a strip <laughs> of bars. Oh, not, oh, no, not, not, okay. no, 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 not, not what you were thinking. A strip of bars. And uh, it's gotten got now, it. a lot of this is a byproduct, I'm sure, of COVID, but like, I bought a beer and I, and like, I was like, I, I can just drink this on the street. And they're like, yeah, they're like, drink wherever you want. I'm like, okay. And we were just hanging. It was awesome. We were hang, <laughs> Thank you. Hanging on the street, drinking a beer. And the entire strip smelled, I mean, you could just smell weed like in the air, you know? And, I, and, and I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, if people want grown adults and it's no different than cigarettes to me or whatever else you want to smoke, you know, it's fine. But I was saying to my friend, I said, this is going to like get a little tricky in terms of like, I, you know, at some point my kids are going to get older and be like, what's that smell? And I'm going to have to explain it and explain like the whole, like, you know, what it does to you. And it, it does sort of complicate things in terms of raising young people. Right. And so like for, for adults, like do what you want to do, but I don't want my kid going around being like, Oh, like, you know, I, I'm going to do that. Cause I see other people doing it. And so th- that sort of breakdown of morals, and I'm not saying it's immoral to, to do that kind of stuff, but it's just, our society is just loosening up and loosening up and loosening up in so many places that I, I just worry that like, are we just too loose in general at this point? You know? And I, and I, I can't oh, stress it. I can't not. stress it enough that like, if you're someone who's out there and you partake in that kind of stuff, like I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying as a whole, we've just loosened up the reins a lot on things. We're not loosening up on the anti second amendment movement. No, not at all. We're tightening that bad boy up. That's that's tightening up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of that, Keith, you sent me this article and I got to be honest, you texted me. I wish I could read the text and you kind of gave me a synopsis. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. I didn't know. Like I couldn't understand what this article was about. And you were admittedly, you were like, it's a long read. And I started reading it and I was like, I'm just gonna have him tell me what this is about. So what's this about? <laughs> well, first and foremost, I guess it's it's from the New Republic, which uh, presumably is a left-leaning uh, media. <clears throat> and the article was from a segment called The Soapbox and uh, written by Matt Ford. And they, the title is, Why Does the Second Amendment Only Apply to Law-Abiding Gun Owners? And law-abiding is in quotes. But basically, my understanding is that he's trying to say that Bruin and the reverberations of the of of Bruin are starting to affect uh, the way that people are interpreting law abiding. And they he even goes on to say that the judges, Supreme Court judges, are even struggling a little bit with you know the law abiding part. And he goes on to talk about how how. Uh, Judge Clarence Thomas, you know, referenced law binding uh, 13 times in his opinion. And he talks about how, you know, there are other amendments that uh, directly protect people accused or suspected of committing crimes. And then he goes on to also say that the Eighth Amendment is is pointless for law abiding people because it's typically protects people who are already convicted of a crime or facing punishment. So he's I think he's trying to say that there are lots of uh, not all amendments in the Bill of Rights are for law abiding. You know, he says the First Amendment just protects your your right to speech, that the Second Amendment is, although it might be 
a right. It's not anything well, that one of the things that I had read and tell me if I'm wrong here, but one of the things they were kind of making a claim of was why, why can't an illegal immigrant have it? Right. Wasn't that part well, of the article? That did come, well, it did come up and, and he, he mentioned that, uh, that no one apparently knows how many of the 400 million privately held guns are in the hands of criminals, but and then where does he go on to talk about the, sorry. So he goes on, he goes, Thomas insisted uh, in Bruin that the second amendment was on equal footing with the rest of the bill of rights. It's not a second class, right? Which is how we, how he often said his colleagues treated it in years between Heller and Bruin. And yet it might be the only provision in the bill of rights that meaningfully distinguishes between the rights of citizens and the rights of more than 40 million non-citizens currently living in the U S Lower courts are divided on this very question. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in 2015 that undocumented immigrants have an individual right to bear arms, while some other courts have ruled otherwise. And then he goes on to say the Supreme Court may eventually need to clarify that issue. Um, but he says the the interesting deceptor here is the law abiding, and it's not dwelled on. The court has not dwelled on exactly what the phrase means or how it should affect the analysis by um, lower courts. And then goes on to say what I had said earlier, that there are other contextual analogs uh, to it in the rest of the Bill of Rights. The First Amendment generally protects speech that advocates for legal acts in all but the most immediate circumstances. The Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments explicitly protect people accused or suspected of committing crimes. They would make little sense if they applied only to law-abiding people, which really kind of makes me pause because— the fact is, is just because you're accused of a crime does not mean you are committed, you have yeah. committed the crime. And that is what the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment are for, are when you're law-abiding and you're accused of committing a crime. Right. And you have to use that um, those amendments to protect yourself from being right. thrown in jail for not being guilty. <laughs> My, Michael, if you could jump in here and save me at, at all, because I'm so baffled by this article. Like, I just want to, like, I want to write to this guy and say, it's, what the it's fuck so, are you talking it's, about? It's, it's like one of those things where when I read it the first time, I was like, it's so crazy that I was like, am I wrong? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. It's like, it's literally makes my mind scramble. Like, so first off, I can make this real simple for the guy. You should, if you're a guy who's not breaking laws and has no history of breaking major laws, felonies, you have the right to own a gun. If you are a citizen of this country, if you're not, then you don't get to you don't get the same rights. If you break laws, you don't get those rights. You lose them. Like, I, I, well, another funny another funny part that I found on this was I'm quoting here. Nonetheless, the Supreme Court and the lower federal courts have apparently concluded that the Second Amendment does not apply to the people in quotes in its uh, broad broadest sense as written, but only to law abiding people. I totally disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that's what it's saying at all. They only the judges are only referencing law abiding people in context of the fact that law abiding people are restricted to their Second Amendment right because of these gun laws. That's that's all. That's all it's in reference to. The Second Amendment applies to all the people. <laughs> I read so many of these articles and I literally am like, am I losing my mind? Like, am I, like, it, it, it feels as though I am living in a freaking dream where I'm just baffled all the time. Like, how is this not yep. this stuff? How does, how does this stuff not make sense? 
to these authors and these, you know, and, and to these other people that I don't see eye to eye with. It's like, how could we be so just opposite in our thinking? It's, it blows my mind, which, you know, is a perfect segue for the, the article that I have next, which is about Disney. The article says, uh, Disney bows to the woke mob again, can't seem to make anyone happy, and it's no wonder why. So I recently went to Disney with my family, and we had a great time. You know, the kids loved it. It was everything that you think of when you go to Disney. And I, I try to look, just look at it from a lens of, I'm on vacation with my family, and I want my kids to have a good time. And that was kind of it. Uh, Keith, I know you recently went as well, right? I mean, I don't know if you had the same kind of yep. outlook on it, but I'm sure it no, mine. I, I will not be going back to the mouse's house for some time. Okay. Um, I, no, nothing really jumped out at me as like overly like bothersome when I was there. But this, I, I did. I, I know. I told you. I think I told you the story. I don't know if I told it on air, but there was one thing that bothered me. Do you want to tell it? Oh yeah, I didn't know if you wanted me to interrupt yeah, your yeah, article here. But yeah, no, go ahead. My issue was uh, I'm walking around and. It was towards the end of the trip and, you know, I'm, I'm you know, going to buy my kids, obviously, some, uh, some you know, tchotchkes and gifts or whatever for them to take home. And we're walking around with my son and we're in the Marvel uh, store and everything in the Marvel store had rainbows on it. And it was all about, you know, gay pride and, you know, LGBT movement. Now, I don't he did not understand it. He was attracted to the colors. Yeah. And. You know, he's on this book bag and it's all, you know, rainbowed out, you know, got couple sayings on it. And I'm just watching him and he's picking it up and he's looking at it. And I'm just trying to be quiet, not really intervene too much and just say, let me see how he works this out. And he's looking at it and he's examining it. He puts it down and he walks towards the Star Wars section. And that's when I jump and I go, come on, bud. I go, let's go to Star Wars. Let's see what we got over here. And I just like kind of moved him from the area. But Basically, everywhere I turned, everything, any piece of Disney that you can name, right? Whether you're talking about Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, whatever, Marvel, anything they own, every section of that park had a section that was now devoted to, you know, this rainbow and gay pride and LGBT. And it, I, I understand people wanting that. Like, I, I truly, truly do. But as we've talked a couple times, you know, privately, at least, it's just when is the appropriate time to try to explain that to young adults? And I do not consider my kid young adults yet. Um, They're definitely too young to be trying to have this conversation, you know? Yeah. So if I could just jump in. So uh, and I'll kind of bring it full circle. So when I was in Disney, I didn't I actually did not notice that. And I would say normally, like, that's something that I would pick up on that, that, that is true. Uh, you know, that, that is the case or not the case, but I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it wasn't there, but I didn't see it like glaringly obvious. It would have been like, no, maybe no. And I, I, and when you say I was there recently, like it's been almost a year now okay. and there was a different CEO of Disney at the time. Uh, um, uh, they've gone back to the CEO previous to this past guy, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the names, but so I, I don't know if any of it has been removed, right? Since my time there that, you know, now that, you, you know, since you've gone, but uh, that would be one difference that I have a feeling has something to do with why you didn't see it. Gotcha. So I, I yeah, I mean, this article is basically about the idea that they sort of abandoned their family friendly 
vibe for more of like a woke vibe. That was that's kind of where this article is going. And you know, if you look through some of the things that they were putting out there, you know, there was one that was a uh, the article talks about was like a dystopian future with uh, basically no men in it. Uh, that was one of them. Uh, there was a one called a Willow. It was a Willow series with uh, LGBTQ plus theme. So what you're saying is, is kind of like matching up with what this article is going with. But then what happened was their stock started to plummet, right? So they went away from the family friendly and it it started to hurt them in the pocketbook, right? Which we all know, hey, if you're in business, the almighty dollar is gonna is is gonna make you think twice about what you're doing. And, and they they changed. And if I just looked down in the article, uh, sorry, Mike, if I looked down in the article about this, those the two CEOs' names, I went when uh, Bob uh, Chipek was still CEO, and now Bob Enger Enger is back. Yeah. So I, he, he and it says right here, Bob Enger enacted a sweeping series of movies moves to cut costs and get the company moving in a more prosperous direction. That meant. You know, they're axing employees and removing titles and all that other stuff. But it it seems like he might have removed some of that stuff too. Yeah. This this timing of your story actually plays right in this article of when you were there was right when they were starting to do my son loved the Betamax movie and I've watched it with him and it's awesome. And then I was like, Oh, I, I wonder if they're gonna come out with like a second one or whatever. And they never did, but they came out with a show called Baymax. And I was like, Oh, we should watch Baymax. Well, we never did, but now I'm reading and it's got a trans character who's buying sanitary napkins, which to your point, how do I explain that to my son? Like he's going to, you know, he doesn't understand that stuff. He's a little boy. And yeah, it, it just brings it, it brings it to the point where, and this is where we're at in this country where, you know, they try to go woke, they go broke, then they change back. Then that now they're saying the, now, you know, they're getting the woke mob is getting all upset. So now they're starting to like, cower and go back the other way. And so as the headline says, they can't make anybody happy, right? They're just, they're not able to do that. And, uh, Michael, you have kids, right? Your kids are pretty young. Uh, no, I don't have any kids yet. Oh, you don't. I'm sorry. I thought you did. Uh, well, all right. Well, listen, you just wait a little longer because Disney's got to sort some shit out and then you'll be good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. What's going on. Like, I just don't understand how realistically speaking, it's a not the majority of the nation asking for this stuff. It's not even the majority of Democrats asking for this stuff. We're literally bending the knee to a super small group of people at the end of the day. Yep. And that's it's just they're so loud. Yes. And they're giving such a yep. platform. You know, I struggle with this because it goes back to what I said before about like, you know, what I was talking about when I was in the city. Like, listen. I don't agree with everybody's decisions, but if you're a grown adult and you make the decision to to go through with these transitions and stuff, more power to you. Like I, I I'm it's not something I'm ever going to do, but I, I'm not I'm not your keeper. Do what you want to do. I just have a big problem with constantly being bombarded with anything. By the way, and, and that's Getting, uh, why I'm so confused that they're bending the knee to such a small group of people. You know, there's, I forget what they called, but it just came out that there's some index that all these companies are trying to reach by being more this and oh, yeah. other, have this product. I forgot the dang name of it for the life of me right now, but it's, uh, it's called a, uh, uh, a social, a business social score, business social index, something, something to that effect. Yeah. And again, though, I just sit here perplexed. I'm like, but why? 
why are we doing it? It's like, I understand like, you know, when people say, well, it's because we really want to achieve, you know, the best score possible. It's like, why? It's not meeting the consumer. It's not, you know, um, meeting the needs of your following, your followership. You know, it's, it's meeting the needs of a super, super, super tiny fragment of the population. So I just don't understand why anyone makes it a priority. It well, doesn't make any sense. Listen, uh, like Keith and I did this podcast and, and you run a, you know, you run your own business. Mm-hmm. I le- I figured this out a long time ago. Like when I look at my numbers, and I look at my demographic. It's a certain age. It's a, I, It's actually funny because my my demographic is ninety uh, percent men. There's some some female, but very very small. I've never heard from any of them. None none have ever reached out and been like, "Hey, I'm I'm the the I'm, we're the five, you know, or whatever." Um, <laughs> and there's actually like on my on my stats, there's like a one percent. Uh, I don't know what it is, but basically it would fall under like I would I would call it like a transgender category. And keep in mind, this is a, the, the lifetime of of uh, of the show, so it could have been like, you know, one listener, one time, whatever. But I don't look at that and go, "Oh man, like you know, there's a market here." Like transgender people buy guns and shoot guns, which is true; they do, and they have every right to, in my opinion. They're they're citizens, law abiding citizens, Keith. They yep. should they should have enjoyed the right to the Second Amendment and to protect themselves. I totally support that, but. I'm not suddenly going to change like my show to cater to that 1%. Like I, I, that first of all, it doesn't seem like it would benefit the show, me, you know, growing the show. And it just doesn't seem like that's the demographic that I'm really catering to. You know, they're, they're not, they're not interested in what I'm putting out there. So I just don't understand why Disney can't go, look, we're, we're appealing to mostly families and, that's that's what it's always been, and we're just going to stick with that model. It's like they're trying to great. Well, why? Go ahead. Why 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 can't you just watch a Mickey Mouse film and and if you think Mickey Mouse is gay, you can think Mickey Mouse is gay. Like I don't really care. I mean, he's a mouse. You know, I don't think I don't know if mice think right. that way. <laughs> yeah, well, well that's, yeah. I mean, I think I think what we're we're kind of skipping past is what everyone's thinking is, dude. I don't care what. People, you know, want to do in their free time in regards to themselves. Like, if you're gay, cool, be gay. I don't care. If you're straight, cool, I don't care. If you're a grown adult and you feel for whatever mental condition you have, you're supposed to be this or the other, I don't care. I really don't care. Where I care is when you're trying to force your beliefs on someone else, especially, and it's not tolerable, children. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't belong I agree. You know, and if you want to make yourself go from having an Audi to an Innie and call yourself a different name and use a different bathroom, if you have fully done the whole hoorah and, and turn that thing inside out, uh, I, I, again, on that, at that point, I kind of don't care there either because you've lost your ability to, you know, really, really inflict harm physically right. because that member is now gone. Um you know, and I think that's the biggest part of this is I, I, most of us don't care. Like, it's just, you know, they think conservatives are like the, the don't say gay bill. It said nothing about don't say gay. Right. It was, you know, they just made it to be a tabloidy headline, attention grabbing, fear mongering thing, which is what the news does. Yep. And, you know, if you talk to the mainstream people, even like super 
conservative, hardcore in the faith, Christians or Mormons or whatever, yeah, they're going to say it's wrong by my faith. But if you really get them at the end of the day, they're just like, just keep it over there. I just don't care. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to deal with it because, and then when people always say, well, how does it affect you if it's my body? Well, exactly that. Leave it to yourself and stay over there and just do what you want to do. Don't force it on us. Yep. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, especially if you're more libertarian is do what you want with yourself. Just don't you dare infect or touch on children. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, to kind of wrap this up and let Keith move on to his next article, I I think the bottom line is, I uh, we kind of are all saying is, I just don't want it, your beliefs pushed on me. We don't want our children to be corrupted with other people's thoughts. Like, if you if you want to think that, that's fine. I, and I support it, just like Michael you said, you, you're an American, you have every right to make the decisions you want to make, but it does seem as though our young people are really being kind of put into a situation where they're being, this stuff is being thrown upon them. And Keith, you started with that. Well, story. yeah. You, you started with that story. Yeah, and the, that just says it. Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's, it's not even pushing your beliefs. It's, I think it's almost in an effort to normalize the beliefs and get the, get the kids prepared for these beliefs now. And, and maybe they'll maybe these beliefs are tr- are true belief people's true beliefs, but because they don't get a chance to express them at an at an innocent age like childhood, there there's not more of them. Which I think is batshit crazy, but that's where I think some of this is coming from. I agree. I agree. So, what's going on with the Pentagon, or not going on with the Pentagon? <laughs> I'm not going on with it, or the White House, for that matter. Uh, I just like this because it was a perfect example of how people are too attached to social media. That's I what it. I really like about I, this I, one. I included this. So you sent this over our text chain and I saw it and I said, I want to do this purely because I want to talk about social media and the, the negatives of social media, right? So, go, I, so go yeah, this it. this was a, politi- a, a political a politico article um, and a fake image of Pentagon explosion goes viral and uh, and then there was also a second another image uh, uh, um, um, sorry showing the the White House in in black smoke as well and that started to circulate. Both images have proven to be false, of course, and um, they went they started to go viral. One of them was this open source came from this open source intelligence monitor was the name, and it got re retweeted by a fake account called Bloomberg feed and also was picked up by RT, the Russian state media, uh, Twitter, and they have over 3 million followers. Anyway. But um, I looked at these pictures and I got to tell you, uh, before I even read the article, I was able to tell that these pictures were done by AI. Uh, but uh, the, the, the stock market took a hit, a quarter of a percent hit, and then it did quickly bounce back once it was proved to be fake. But um, I mean, these things were, you know, just going completely viral and it, uh, it definitely looked when I looked at the pictures to be AI generated from my perspective. And that seems to be the, the growing theory right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, how quickly something posted on, on social media made me laugh at how quickly it could affect, uh, the stock market and, uh, you know, having a, a quarter of a percent bounce, uh, downward pretty quickly uh, over a fake, uh, you know, fake picture made, made me kind of laugh. Yeah. So what I found really interesting with this was, and you, you said it perfectly, the fact that it's a hoax 
And then social media kind of runs and does what social media does, which, you know, we all know that. But the ramifications of it, right? The stock market oh, yeah. crashed. Like that's not crash, but you know, took a hit. Like that crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. say crash, but took a hit. And it did bounce back in in, yeah. in full disclosure, right? But it's just interesting to see, like, look at how damaging social media, and we're gonna talk about this a little later in another topic, but look at how damaging social media can be. And so, you know, we're talking about serious issues here. You know, we're talking about and you know, all the things we've talked about today, they're all very serious issues. We're going to talk about school shootings in a minute, and that's a serious issue. But do not discount the the effect that social media has on a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? And so this is like a little kind of a little story, but it's a, a, a token, so to speak, of what social media has the power to do. I think that's very noteworthy. Michael, are you a big social media guy? Uh, because I have to do it for my company. Sadly, yes. <laughs> um, I didn't have social media until I started my first company and I had to have it, you know, to start creating the accounts and all that. Yep. And I find myself sucked into it all the time, but I would I'll absolutely 100% agree that it has shaped the world in some good ways, but mostly negative ways. You know, the accessibility to information is always a great thing. Like, for instance, nobody has an encyclopedia collection anymore, right? <laughs> so you have this <laughs> amazing touch to infinite amounts of information. But it comes with, you know, these communicative problems where that information can get around real quick. It can be shaped by whoever controls the ability to move information around, i.e. Facebook, Instagram. Um, and then... You know, what's censored, what isn't censored, what's pushed, what's not pushed, what the algorithms want you to see to further their agendas. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about before, but it's just this push for the discontinuation of basically the nuclear family. They don't want to have, you know, a family unit anymore. They don't want to corrupt it. And you can see that that one thing in the black community was, and that's a whole other conversation to get into, but, you know, that when they started really breaking up the nuclear family with the laws <clears throat> and bills that they turned into laws that started almost um, incentivizing families to no longer be a part of it because the government assistance that would be paid to the single mom, you know, started to basically form this trend that started breaking up families. And we can see, you know, how they always say, hey, we, we've been set up for you failure. And it's like, well, that's just one huge aspect that was a part of that. And now they're trying to do it widespread to everybody saying that, well, you, it's okay to be single forever. It's okay to do this. It's okay to that. It's okay to have two moms. It's okay to have two dads. And some people are okay with it. Some people aren't like it's to religious beliefs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's just, it's literally decaying the moral fiber that is society. And if you look at it in kind of a, a macro level, and I'm not pushing my faith or anything right now at all. But if you look at it, faith can be weaponized, right? We've seen that, the crusades, et cetera, et cetera, jihads, blah, blah, blah. But if you look at what faith in, in its core for all religions really pushes is peace and consequences, right? So realizing like, hey, don't steal, don't kill, don't rape, don't you know, be a good neighbor, all these kind of things. And is that a bad thing or a good thing? I think it's a very good thing. Having a natural fear of i shouldn't do this because there'll be consequences well that's just like law and order if i do this i'm going to have a fight if i do this i'm going to go to jail i think trying to 
rip religion and conservatism out of society has just riddled us to a point or now that we're at, it's just getting worse, where we're not civil with each other. We can't have a common discourse. We can't have a conversation with opposing viewpoints. And at the end of the day, say, hey, you know what? We agree to disagree. Thank you for the conversation and walk walk away not hating each other. We've become so vile to one another that we are truly not being good neighbors to each other. Just because this guy voted for Biden, I have to hate him. He's like, no, I disagree with them, but I don't hate them. And I think we've lost that because we've lost the nuclear family and we've lost our roots to religion and just basically having a good moral fiber that comes from a lot of religion. Yeah. Well, very well said. It's, I'm sorry to be so long winded on that. Statement. No, no, it's, it's good. I mean, the, the, the problem is it's good to hear passion about that kind of stuff, you know, because I say all the time about the nuclear family. Listen, my, I have a, <clears throat> I have an older daughter who's, I mean, she's an adult. She's working. She's living on her own. She's, you know, a grown adult. And I, her mom and I were never together. We, we were boyfriend and girlfriend and it just didn't work out. And, you know, we raised her, you know, in separate houses, but did the best we could together. And now I have two little ones with my wife and I've done both. You know, I did the sort of single dad living in a small apartment, getting her on weekends. And I've done the, the, the nuclear family, right? And I can tell you the nuclear family is, it's the way, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's the right way. It doesn't mean you can't raise a productive member of society the other way. Cause I did, but it was hard and it took a lot of work and it took a lot of selflessness on both my, my part and my ex, because we had to be civil and we had to try to work together as best we could at, at times we didn't agree, but it's a lot easier when you're together. I, and anyone who mm-hmm. says anyone who says otherwise, you know, I I will have no problem challenging a, to a debate because there's so much more benefit to having a mom and a dad in the house together, you know. And like you said, that is being challenged constantly, you know, the idea of a mother and a father raising a child, and you know, whatever people can have their like you said, we can be civil, we can disagree, but in my opinion. There, that is the ideal way. Doesn't mean other ways won't work. It doesn't mean other ways can't work, but I do believe that to be the ideal way. Yeah. So we, we're going to get on, I wanted, like I said, I want to talk about some school shootings, but before we do that, I want to talk about training and everyone likes to get their hands on a new pistol or if you're like Big Keith, maybe a new FUD gun. <laughs> but what I want to get across is it, it's fun to buy the gun, but not at the expense of some quality training and, and putting that money into a training budget. So I want to talk about on-site firearms training because with them, you can have both. They offer a huge catalog with everything. So you're guaranteed to find a course that meets your needs. Go check them out and get trained by the same outfit that trains us. Those guys are the best. And like I said, I'm going to say it one more time. You will find a course in your budget. So do not sacrifice your training budget just because you bought yourself a new FUD gun, Keith. Okay, that's fair. I won't do it. All right, sounds good. All right, so I found, it was from uh, US News and World Report, and it was- This was a great article, by the way. I I liked, I thought this was really, really good. So it was talking about the states- Informative. Yeah, it was talking about the states with the most school shootings. The, it says, California has seen the most school shootings with at least one victim injury or death since 2012, followed by Texas, Illinois, Florida, and Pennsylvania. And then, you know, it goes into, it gives some nuances, but 
if you just go by the the numbers that they give. So California has had 169 incidents. That's followed by Texas. First, one, I, I, go ahead. One thing that amazed me in this article that I think you're kind of leaving out that I, I, I feel like you should mention is that it goes all the way back to 1970. Yes. And how and and how many gun shootings there were since then? I had no idea. Yeah. That. Well. So so the, let, let let me continue because there's a couple of things here, and then you pull back anything that I might have missed here. So what okay. I found very interesting was the top two on the list are California and Texas. Okay. California 169, Texas 135. One anti-gun, one very pro-gun, right? Then it goes Illinois 92, followed by Florida. One very anti, one very pro. Okay. And it kind of goes like that, right? Like if you skip down a couple, Pennsylvania has 64, New York has 64. One's pretty pro-gun, one's really anti-gun. Maryland, 56, Tennessee, 49. I think I'm making my case, right? And it just, it's funny because I'm looking through, and if you go all the way like to the end of the list, I'm going to see what, let me fast forward here. Montana had five, right? Like super pro-gun Montana had five. And I'm looking at this list and I'm going, I mean, how do you look at this and not go, maybe it's just, population. And they do mention that they actually did a good job of that. They said the population seems to somewhat play a factor. However, there were situations where like New Jersey is the 11th largest state in the union by population, but ranks 26th in these shootings while, uh, the 16th largest Massachusetts ranks 28th, right? So there's sort of these, you know, anomalies or whatnot, but I just thought it was very interesting that it doesn't seem to matter pro-gun or anti-gun state, right? Like that's not what, that's not making a difference. And I found that interesting because just recently I was listening to someone who was, I don't know what news person it was, but they were talking about how the number of shootings in um, more restrictive states, you know, that there's far less school shootings. And I'm going, oh, well now I have data and you're wrong. That's not true. <laughs> funny, funny how when you actually have data, right? And I and I want to commend U.S. News and World Report because I thought it was very unbiased. I don't know if you felt that way, Keith. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Michael, did you have any anything with this article? Did you find anything interesting? Listening to what you're you're touching upon is this state for that, that state for this. Um, again, I, I don't think necessarily it's always population based. Yep. Or necessarily fully red versus blue. But um, again, I think it kind of leans towards that social media conversation, and again, societal conversation. You're still you know, because, you're, you're really you're taking the words out of my mouth. Go keep going on this because I got something interesting. Go. It just you know it, it all comes down to like if, for instance when I first met my fiance, um, she didn't change her her taste in music, but one thing that I had that I just don't I don't really like most rap music, and it's not because of what most people might think is just everyone's experiences shape their likes and dislikes. So I grew up with my dad being a cop. My babysitter for most of my life was San Fernando Police Department. I grew up cruising around with my dad when he was teaching DARE, the Drug Abuse Resistance Program. He did that for 10 years. And he actually got to travel all over the world, Japan, Germany, all these places, all over the U.S. teaching the DARE program, like how to teach it. He was a mentor. Um, so I never, ever dabbled in drugs. I've never touched any. 
Um, in fact, I've never even drank, and I'm not against it, but I just I don't drink. Um, you know, and then when I became a cop, and it doesn't matter what the person was, if they're from here, there, wherever, and whatever shade of whatever, I, I kind of noticed a trend. And again, this is all based on geographics of where you're at. Is every time I pull somebody over that ended up going to jail, they were always blasting a certain particular type of music, gotcha. and that music has always fostered an anti-police rhetoric. Half the police, right? And we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And again, it's kind of going back to the other conversation point of we've removed morality from a lot of things. So a lot of this music always talks about what they're going to do with women, um, you know, just treating women like objects, treating them as if they're lesser people, talking about the priorities of living a certain lifestyle, which is not exactly a just or good lifestyle, and bucking the authority of cops. And so I never really liked that type of music because that's what it always just brought to my mind is, oh yeah, yeah, I took people to jail. Almost everyone I took to jail was listening to this type of music. Um, you know, so I think, again, this is a societal issue that we've allowed society, and not to regurgitate everything I said before, but we've allowed society to completely shift what our priorities are, what should bring happiness, what constitutes success, and what a happy life looks like. Happy life, you know, a long time ago, the ideals of it were totally different. It was buy a home, get a good job, start a family, you know, meet your grandchildren, be a good, you know, person. Join the military in a time of war because you're doing the right thing for your patriotic duties to the to the country. You know, everyone's goals and what they thought was moral has completely shifted to nowadays where it's, you know, nobody's joining the military, then this whole nuclear family disaster and breaking it all up. It's just this, everything has so, so drastically shifted. And that's why we're seeing things that we're seeing, not to mention the social media and people that are just hurting and mentally ill now have what they feel as a way to lash out and scream and broadcast it. And what does the news do? They give them all the attention. And then you get these weird groupies that are trying to marry them while they're in prison and all kinds of just horrible stuff. Again, screaming, skylining, in my opinion, the mental health problem. Yeah, there, there's another graph on this U.S. News & World Report that I found very interesting. And I'm glad you said what you said, Michael, because it's a graph, an infograph that shows sort of like the number of killed and wounded from 1970, like Keith said, all the way to 2021. And I wrote down a couple of dates. So the Columbine shooting was in 1999, which if you look in terms of like our modern day kind of like, you know, school shootings, that's like, that's the one like everyone kind of goes back to. But interesting, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, if you look at the major catalyst of, in my opinion, of social media, which I believe to be Facebook, didn't come until 2004. So it was five years after the Columbine shooting. And if you look on this graph, 2004, 2005 era, you have a, a good span until you get to Sandy Hook, which is 2012. And and we, we've talked about this on the show before, Keith. I always feel like these ripple effects happen, but we're looking now and we're going, look at all these shootings. But what you're not realizing is that like social media, and I'm using Facebook as the example because I think it's the real big one, right? Especially in like, you can go to MySpace, but like that's not even around anymore. 2004 was the start of that. 
but it took a while for it to get legs. And then it's going to take a while for it to kind of like for you to kind of put all these things together and go, oh, we have kids on, on social media and now we're starting to see these negative effects. And now we're looking to 2012, 2015, 2020, and these shootings are going up. Is it possible that there's a correlation between the two, which the reason I say that is because it's the perfect segue for the next article, which I found super interesting because our Surgeon General warns that social media is driving teen mental health crisis. So now the government is actually recognizing the fact that that teenagers are younger and younger getting on social media and that it's causing a lot of problems. They're saying there's not enough data on it that they need to do more research, and I agree with that. But my wife is a teacher, and a lot of our friends are teachers. I know a lot of her her coworkers, and anecdotally, it's a problem. It's a real problem in schools. And you you talk to kids, you talk to teenagers, you read about teenagers, and a lot of it was highlighted in this article. They're saying that it's a lot of them claim that they cannot get off of it and that it oftentimes they feel that they're comparing themselves to their peers. They're feeling hopeless. They're feeling sadness. So they're actually expressing these feelings and you have to remember, and again, this was in the article, this, the Surgeon General states this, these tech companies hire the best engineers to figure out mm-hmm. how to keep you engaged longer and longer and go down the rabbit hole longer and longer. And Keith, I mean, I, you know, not to, not to speak for you, but you've said it many times. Part of, a big part of the reason, if not the reason you're not on social media is you found yourself just hooked. Like you couldn't, you, you were just like on it a lot. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I found myself, I found myself one night. I, re- I remember vividly the night that I decided it was time to go. It was, I'm laying in bed. I'm I'm laying next to my wife and she's on her phone. I'm on my phone and I'm like, what are we doing? We're supposed to be chasing each other around here. And and we're both on our phones, not paying attention to each other, you know? (laughs) So it just was, I just was like, it's time to go. I can't do this anymore. You know, we went the other night, uh, Keith, uh, our kids go to the same, same school district, Michael. And, um, my son, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, if it was the same class or whatever, but they did like a McDonald's fundraiser where like if you go to McDonald's, anything you buy, like a, a portion of it goes to like the, you know, the, the school district or whatever. So my wife was like, ah, you know what? Like, let's, let's go do it. We'll take him out for a happy meal, whatever. We go there. And of course there were other kids from his school there. He, he recognized and this one family, uh, they, they showed up and the boy came over to my son and they were talking and next thing I know, the mom and the dad set up two iPads and the kids are on their iPads and the mom and the dad are on their cell phones and they all just ate their McDonald's all on their devices. Yep. And I said to my, my wife goes, you're judging, aren't you? And I go, I can't help it. I go, I, I'm on my phone a lot. I, I'm trying really, I've gotten better and I'm trying to get even better at it. And the podcast is a lot of the reason I'm on it, but I'm trying to really be more cognizant of it. And the one thing I will not do is I will not put my kids on devices in a restaurant. I refuse to do it. You know, if I'm going, if I'm spending money and I'm going out to dinner, we're going to have family time and we're going to spend time together. And that's just how I feel, you know, and Michael, that goes sort of back. It goes back to that whole nuclear family thing. Like when we're together, I kind of want the family to be together and try our best to not use devices, you know? Yeah. It's important. 
It is. It's really. I mean, it's. I mean, it was. It was very sad to watch. Like we're, and it's not the first time we were at another restaurant a week ago, and same thing. Parents pulled out, I, you know, devices, and their kids were on it, and parents were on their devices. And I said to my wife all the time, I'm like, that just like it really is sad to me to see that, you know, like you don't even want to talk to your kids. It's it's terrible. It, it, it there is definitely a correlation between social media, teen mental health and school shootings. And nobody's going to convince me otherwise. I don't need, you know, I mean, data would be nice, but you you can't tell me that these shootings have gone up and up and up. You can't tell me that it doesn't coincide with the technology that we're suddenly exposed to on a fairly regular basis. It just seems too coincidental to me. Keith, since we're on these the terrible topic of shootings, I know you got a crazy one. I, I know you like this well, one. yeah, I, I I just like this one because we've talked about it on the show. and uh, the article title is New York Sue's Company that sold accessory for Buffalo Map Shooters Gun. Uh, those that uh, you know don't remember us talking about some of the things we have to deal with with the state Act in New York State uh, and the way that our uh, AR15s have to you know, be, um, uh, born, uh, your rifle set up to be semi-automatic and some other features, but that, that being the big one, semi-automatic, uh, you may not have semi-automatic and any of the evil features, right? So like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. I, the, yeah. the one that I'm going to focus on for this description is the semi-automatic. Um, if you, if you want it to be semi-automatic, you, you have to have a, um, a locked magazine. Uh, or an undetachable magazine, uh, and you have to load it through the, uh, you know, through the ejection port. And this uh, this Buffalo shooter had one, um, and he uh, basically it was. I, I don't really want to name the name of the company. I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, that sold it, um, but anyway, he he put in his uh, manifesto that um, he removed this lock from the AR-15 that he purchased in a few minutes and replaced it with a 30 mag a 30 round magazine. And, you know, I know we've talked about this lock uh, before uh, we, you know, we know people who have it. Uh, I don't have a, I have a detachable magazine on my AR 15, but my AR 15, I chose to uh, go with a bolt lock so that it does not shoot semi-automatic. You, you have to release the bolt every time you want to fire around. Um, and uh, I've, jokingly tish i hope you're not listening i jokingly have have made comments about how it's a joke that these things are in place because this as this uh buffalo shooter has uh, indicated in his manifesto they're very easy to reverse um you know in fact um i was at a shooting competition that uh um that i used my rifle for that did not uh, need that I did not need to comply with New York state laws at that particular place. And, uh, it was something that I was able to move, remove in, in a matter of a few minutes and, and shoot the gun, you know, semi-automatic with a detachable magazine and then make it New York compliant when I was done. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to me that New York is now, and, and I, I, you know, our, our wonderful attorney general Tish is suing the company that made this, the means of making an AR-15 compliant in New York State, and just because somebody who wanted to break the law removes uh, those the that uh, the device that that made it compliant 
that it's now their fault. So I want to jump in really quick because I know you didn't want to name the company, but Go I ahead. do. It's fine. I because... just kind of feel like I, I don't want, I mean, no, I'm not no. going to get bad press on our show, you know, but no, because th- this is ridiculous. So the company is mean arms and there's a few different, there's a few different ways in which a few different devices in which you could lock the magazine release. And I have to tell you, there are things out there that are way more reversible for lack of a better term, which doesn't, in my opinion, does not mean not adequate to meet the needs of the New York state safe act. Right. I mean, reversible or not, it it meets the definition. The, the law, my understanding, I, I couldn't find in the actual penal law, but it has to be a non-detachable magazine, yes. <laughs> non-detachable magazine. And I keep reading, although I can't find it in the actual penal law, maybe you'll have better luck, Keith, that it has to be something to the effect of not easily reversible. Okay. Right. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what mean arms product does. You put in this bolt and when you put it in, you basically tighten, 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 and it's a shear bolt. It eventually breaks off the one end where it it's basically, you you can't, there's nothing to grab onto to loosen it back up, okay? So I have to imagine the way in which this guy took it apart was he got a drill press or a drill and he drilled out. Right, he, that's what I thought. Right, he drilled it out. I mean, that's not easily reversible. Like, do they think that you're not going to be able to like, un? listen, you could weld it shut. You can unweld. Like there's no permanent way, right. To, to do what they want New Yorkers to do. Well, they made, they, they designed, they designed the law. If, if they really didn't want it to be reversible, then they would have said you can only sell AR 15s in New York without a detachable magazine period. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't, don't don't they give didn't, any ideas. No, I know, right? I say that all the time, but they didn't. That's not how they wrote the law. <laughs> I mean, the bottom line is they're just looking to just blame anyone well, that's on the on the gun side of gun it, gun manufacturing. It says, and I quote, I mean, "Michael, you, is, Michael, you you could weigh in on this, Michael. I mean, this 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 makes me like sick to my stomach. But I mean, from someone that lives in a much freer state, but you didn't always. You have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I think. They're always looking to try and solve a solution. They're always looking for a solution in the absolute most wrong way. The laws are on the books. Murder is illegal. Yes, right. <laughs> no, it's illegal. Well, if we take away the means, you'll never take away the means because wherever humans exist, we will make and find the means. That's just the right. sad reality of humanity. We've been killing each other. Since the beginning of time, we've been killing people, you know, with sticks and stones and then arrows and clubs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to to think that a law to then prohibit what you can do or, for instance, well, this version is better because, you know, whatever type of clause. Like, for instance, in California, when I was there, the bullet button was a thing. And then after the bullet button, then it was going full New York status didn't change anything. And then it was the next thing and the next thing. It, nothing changes because criminals don't follow the law. So this whole premise of, <laughs> you know, well, if we ban this stuff, it'll be fine. Well, they'll go get it somewhere else or they will modify it or, 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 or. And you just, it's a silly battle and it's this, uh, 
this mentality that just doesn't have any, it's not rooted in common sense. They always say common sense gun loss, yet they don't use common sense. So it's just asinine. Um, you know, there's an interesting study that came out from England, actually. And it was comparing all of the crime, violent crime, and murder rate. And I think this, is a, this one is from 2019. So they compared the violent crime and murder rate between London and New York City. New York City, guns are not supposed to be legal and all that kind of stuff, right? But people can grab guns from other parts. They always argue, blah, 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 blah. Well, the, the big portion of what was why this uh, study, this, these figures never really reached any mainstream media is it didn't go very well for them. They have, <laughs> they, you know, there are no guns in London or the whole country for that matter. And they have <laughs> banned pointed cutlery and pointed knives. So they've gone to, to the extreme of extreme. Not only are we taking away your firearms years, years back, but also now we're taking away pointed knives because stabbings are so high. So in 2019, right. the violent crime rate was 30% higher and London and New York per capita are about the same population, the same square in square miles. It's kind of crazy. So they're very close. And you got two really, really good examples. The violent crime was 30% higher and the murder rate was 30% higher in London than New York City. Really? And it just goes to show. Yeah. And it just goes to show. The means is always there. Uh, more in Colonial Noir, one of the, the things he always talks about, which is a very valid point, it's all FBI statistics, is more people are killed with bludgeoning devices, clubs, hammers, um, than firearms every single year. And when they talk about, well, that's not true, the firearms death rate is XYZ, it's like, well, 30% of that are suicides. And last time I checked, it's not illegal to kill yourself. What am I going to do about it? Right? I hate to say it's how callously my best friend killed himself. I've had like a dozen of my Marines kill themselves. It's horrible and it's terrible, but again, mental health issues. But, um, yep. You know, it's just, it's funny that it's, I, I kind of bring this equation back to this this thing here is if you want to go down to the route of having a completely safe society, then we have to be kind of silly and anecdotally talk about it. Okay, so now, like in London, I'm arguing with my old lady and they show up and say, hey, this could turn into domestic violence. So in London, what they do, or England, they take away your pointed knives from the kitchen and give you blunted cutlery. Literally. And you're like, oh, cool. Now I can just slash her, but I can't stab her. Fantastic. Right. So right. if we want to go one step further, do we then ban knives and we have to have everything in certified protected areas for us to cut our food? So then do we go to sports? But then whenever we arrest people that are a harm to themselves, we give them a paper suit so they can't hurt themselves with their clothing. So then do we ban shoelaces? Do we ban sharp corners on tables? You know, at the at the end of the day, you get to this absolute clown shoes society where everything is bubble wrapped and everything is coated in like foam, you know, to make sure that it's yeah. perfectly clear. Uh, ban cars because you can get run over. Ban alcohol because DUIs are a thing. Ban all the different types of foods that you that you could overeat to make yourself have heart disease. Where do you where do you draw the line of safety? Where do you draw the line of protecting life? Like. It, it gets to an absolute absurdity when people that are on just this gun, anti-gun movement, when you actually put them brass tacks to you know, figure it out, what do you suggest? They have the most 
hard time really defending that that stance when you start breaking it down. Yeah, I mean, you know, really, maybe more than any show we've done on Chopping It Up, these articles really tied together really well, like all of them, right? In terms of, you know, we talked about the social media driving teen mental health, and we talked about the school shootings being, you know, dollar for dollar, right? More cons- more lenient versus more strict gun gun control states. And you wrap it up with this thing, and we're looking at New York State, which has really strict gun control laws, and the guy still found a way to figure out how to make it deadlier, right? It, it, it was, quote unquote, I mean, the word we use is neutered. It was neutered, and he found a way to unneuter it, you know? And it's just like, well, I, they, they I just, just don't get it. It just makes me laugh at the fact that the company is supposed to be held responsible for someone taking off their device that made it compliant to use it in an uncompliant way. You know, that's right. what is just, it, that's crazy to me. Like they you, don't, what's weird is they don't blame the guy, blame the guy. Right. He, like Michael said, murder is illegal. He did something wrong. Like, of course he did. Let's go after him. You know, like he's wrong. And they, they just love to point the finger at other people. It, it's, it's really, well, you know, the best, quote I, the best quote I was was from our, my, my girl, Tish. Uh, she said the lawsuit was part of an, our ongoing effort to pursue justice for the tenants and lives that were unjustly taken. So that's that's New York's position, folks. Did, you know what? One that might be worth a Google. I forget the city. Uh, so I don't even want to speculate because I can't remember the name of the city for the life of me right now. But uh, I think there's two cities that are suing and this is just on the same logic point where you're just sitting there with like that V8 commercial, like palm to forehead, where you just hear that punk of just, I don't understand. So there are two cities and they are blue cities. And there are cities that have defunded their police departments. There are cities that have pushed it, have pushed to um, remove the abilities to peace officers to do what they need to do and thrown police officers under the bus whenever they are being, um, you know, basically investigating on stuff. Not saying that all cops do everything right. Not saying that there aren't some bad apples in there. What I'm saying is we have gone so far that the the pendulum has swung so far away that cops are really scared to do their jobs oftentimes. And then, too, we've handcuffed them so it's so difficult for them to do their jobs. Uh, Speaking from a cop that's now medically retired but still keeps in touch with cops. And um, there are two cities in the U.S. that have had such horrific crime spurts that vehicle theft has become so big and so much of a problem that now these cities are suing the automobile manufacturers of the most stolen the most commonly stolen vehicles and saying that because you decided to put your profits first you made your cars too easy to steal causing too much crime in our cities it's new york city they're suing they're suing hyundai and kia over the over the vehicle thefts and uh i don't know what the other one is but new york city is definitely one of them and a uh, New York Post article on May 17th that uh, Baltimore uh, also sues Kia and Hyundai. That's crazy. That is... That is... <laughs> so, it, under the, these these types of mindsets, right? So, okay. Oh, and, and, and not to interrupt, six days ago, this just came out. Kia and Hyundai agreed to a $200 million settlement. So, they're just, they're just going to pay it off because they don't want to deal with it. That's crazy. <laughs> You know, at what point do you just go, hmm, 
I know what my DUI defense is going to be. I wouldn't be in trouble right now if it wasn't for Jack Daniels being so damn tasty and my F-150 <laughs> being able to drive. Oh, my God. You know, or I, it's not that I sadly wasn't blessed with a good-looking face. It's not my fault I can't get a date. My love life and my mental health suffering is because Mac makeup isn't making me look good enough. Yeah, like, <laughs> where do you yeah. and the logic here is so absurd because it doesn't make any sense. We've lost, and again, it goes to the other topic, and I'm not going to even delve back into it because I've said it twice now, but we have no moral fiber. Nothing. We have no responsibility yep. for our own actions. We have no responsibility for things that we cause. And so everything is someone else's fault. Michael, I don't think I could say it any better. And on that note, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Michael for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to check out Agency Arms and their amazing firearms. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Discord and let your voice be heard.